Welcome to episode 8 of the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This is all about dice games, and we are not going to be talking all sorts about Yahtzee or Farkle, but we will be talking about lots of dice. I got to do that once. I was really excited. All right. So to talk about dice, and what's really interesting is I learned, like I said last week, I learned about board games. I hope you guys did too. We're going to learn a lot more about dice this time. And what's kind of cool about dice is they have a history. And a history that's really across the entire world. So, this is per Wikipedia. Dice have been used since before recorded history. So that's before he ever wrote anything down. And no one is really sure where they actually originated. There are a lot of theories out there that dice were a practice of fortune telling and they were from a talus of hoofed animals. So, you know, colloquially, they're known as knuckle bones. That doesn't sound great. It's kind of creepy as well. Um, the Egyptian game of Senate was played with two flat-sided throw sticks, which indicated the number of squares a player could move and thus functioned as a form of dice. Senate was played before 3000 BC and up to the 2nd century AD. The oldest, or perhaps the oldest known dice, were excavated as a part of a backgammon-like game at the Burnt City, an archaeological site in southeastern Iran, estimated to be between 2800 to 2500 BC. Excavations from ancient tombs in the Indus Valley civilizations indicate a possible South Asian origin, South Asian origin as well. Games involving dice are mentioned in the ancient Indian Rivada, Rigva, or R-A-G, but it's not, I know it's not R-A-G, but it's Rivada, or Artha Vavada, and if I butchered that, I apologize, and Buddhist games. There are several biblical references to casting lots in the Psalms, indicating that dicing, or related activity, was commonplace when those were written. Knuckle Bones was a game of skill played in ancient Greece, a derivative form that had four sides of bones, each receiving different values like a modern dice. They have found 20-sided dice from, and I will say this, it's probably, I was going to say Ptolemaic, but the peace sign, we all know that. So Ptolemaic, or Ptolemaic, Egypt. And although gambling was illegal, many Romans were passionate gamblers who enjoyed dicing known as Alain Luder. I hope I said that right, to, to play at dice. There are two sizes of the dice. There's the tali, which were large dice inscribed with a one, three, four, and six on four sides. And then the tessera, which similar dice had sides numbered from one to six. Tessera, tessera. <gasps> the tesseract for all of our uh, Avengers or Marvel folks. Uh, it was a big blue cube in all those movies. Hey, that was a six-sided item. Interesting. I wonder where they got that word. All right. Not the Romans, the people who wrote the Avenger movies. Um, anywho, you know, certain games such as dominoes and cards were originated in China, but there is a transition to dice playing cards that occurred around the Tang dynasty and coincided with technological transitions from rolls of manuscript to block printed books. In Japan, dice were used to play a popular game called Soguraku. There are two types of Soguraku. Ban Soguraku is similar to backgammon and dates the, to the, oh dear, high-end period, while Isoguraku is a racing game. So there's a huge history of dice. It's covered the entire world. 
Um, obviously, you know, you did not see any like, hey, the Pilgrims were playing dice or something like that. Um, probably because of some of the uh, casting lots and dice considered gambling and gambling being a sin and horrible and everything to that effect. Uh, growing up Southern Baptist, I can guarantee you dice other that were not in a Monopoly game were not a game we played. Uh, those types of things are kind of funny to think back to and think, wow, you know, Monopoly could have been evil. Um, but what's really kind of cool about it is dice cover everywhere. And I know, and I didn't see it in the, the Wikipedia site, but I do know that Native American tribes and South American tribes actually had dice games as well. Now, what's great about dice, knowing a little bit about their history, is there are a lot of types of dice. And there are different types and shapes. There are the tetrahedron, four sides. The cubes, easy one, six sides. The octahedrons, still pretty easy for everybody, eight sides. And here we go with the big words again. The pentagonal trapezohedron, the 10-sided dice series. It has the longest name. It's 10 sides. The dodecahedron, which is a 12-sided dice. Anybody who's done a lot of math knows uh, dodeca. Easy. And the ica icosahedron, which is a 20-sided dice. They could just wrote 20-sided dice. Anywho, there are a lot of other rare versions. Check, check a look out on Wikipedia. Just type dice, dice games. And if you do go out to Wikipedia a lot, I just have to tell you, donate a little bit of money to them. Give them 10, 20 bucks if you're going out there. It is a huge resource, really helpful for us all. Now, we all know some very, very popular dice games. Uh, there's Yahtzee. Love, everybody knows Yahtzee. If you've seen Yahtzee, it's been around for a long time. There's Craps. If you've ever been to a uh, casino, you've seen the big table, or they show them on TV. Everybody's always playing the crafts table because it's the the cool table, and you can double it down or stuff like that. You're not hearing anything from someone who's very good at playing craps or has played craps ever. Um, you have Dungeons and Dragons, lots of dices in those games. Everybody has their own special twenty sided dice. We're going to talk about. You know, where, where I can get dice, what kind of dice are there, those types of things. But what's interesting is not a lot of people talk about one of the oldest and more cultural dice games as Dreidel. So for everybody preparing for Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. Dreidel is a very cool game, and I was actually introduced to it by a friend's children. And they told me, and I, I had trouble remembering all the names. I still have trouble remembering all the names. And I did not write them down because I didn't want to make myself look super smart where I wasn't. But it's a cool game that you can kind of bet. Get what you, uh, you bet candy. You bet uh, geld, which is like gold coins with chocolate on the inside. They're fantastic. I love them. Melt in your mouth, not in your hands, like uh, M&M's. And that's because of the gold foil. They death. That's why. But you know, Hanukkah is a huge you know, contributor to dice games. So hooray, go dreidel. So you have a lot of those. And those are some of the populars. You'll also see board games that kind of turn into those. You, you know, like an Uno, I've seen Seven Wonders. Uh, we talked about on the Settlers of Catan podcast, the Catan dice game. What's great about dice games, and, these, and I, I haven't really given advantages of how one game beats other ones, but since dice is the oldest, it can pretty much, you know, get to do what it wants to. Um, but dice are more portable. They... You know, it's a game if you play only with dice, you can play that game almost anywhere. If you have a shoebox, great. If you have, you know, a small table, great. If you, you want to figure out a, a way to do it, like on the top of a laptop, you're covered. So dice can do that. 
And they're also really good for kids. Kids can hold dice, they play, and they engage them because there's a faster pace to pay playing dice games that you're following. Now, I will tell you this, Yahtzee loses me every time because I'm having to wait for the other five people playing Yahtzee to play Yahtzee. I would love to see like a Yahtzee back and forth. Um, and I apologize in the background, I'm having a whole fire for the holidays here. But really, dice games have a huge amount of advantages. Now, what's also cool is dice have accessories. They're dice bags. Dice trays, dice towers, and then there are special dice. You can get dice cut in almost every element out there. Stone, wood, plastic, composites. And what's neat about it is if you have a certain color you like, certain weights you like, there are dice out there. Now, if you go to a convention, if you go to any kind of gaming convention, there will guaranteed be somebody selling dice. And you can buy really beautiful handcrafted custom sets of dice. And those dice may have a four, they may have a six, they may have an eight, they may have a 10, 12, 20, usually built for the D&D crowd. But you can also find maybe uh, the, the Yahtzee crowd out there picking up some really, you know, really awesome dice. I guess if there was, a, I don't know, there probably is a Yahtzee league. I didn't really look at a competing Yahtzee or competing or competition of dice in, like there are in other, other areas, but... I'm sure there are people who have their custom, very similar bowling balls. You're going to have your custom dice. Additionally, you have dice trays, which if you have, I always think of a dice tray, and I think in my head of a top of a shoebox, a shoebox cover. And then a lot of companies don't have those anymore. But it's a, it's basically, it's a you know, square. It's maybe four by eight, or depending how large your shoe was, size has a raised about one inch. So the dice don't like fly off the table and go into the refrigerator or somewhere else that I've had to figure out where a dice is. But really, there's a dice tray in there. And what's awesome about dice trays is, again, like I said, you have these beautiful elements for dice. Yeah, same thing. Gorgeous, really warm and awesome woods with a felt. And they actually they don't have slate in them, but they do have something that's going to keep that, that surface to where the, when the dice roll, it is a consistent roll. And I asked this because the last time I, wonder, I asked somebody, why would somebody buy a dice tray? And I got just that answer. And it was a great answer. And it came from uh, the people at Warmwood, who I'm going to give a shout out because I actually bought a dice tray from them um, right after they told me that. And actually, they had some great, really cool things you could volunteer uh, some money for that are built uh, with great charities as well. Finally, you have dice towers. Not finally, I said we've read dice bags. Finally, dice towers from the rolling perspective of things. And a dice tower is, think of the medieval, medieval siege towers. So the siege towers we always see in the movies. And it's, you know, basically a straight up. You drop your dice on the top. It goes back and forth a couple times and rolls out. And it can roll out into its own tray. It can roll out on the table, under the refrigerator. No, no hopefully not under there. But it does roll out. And it is a randomizer so that you can say, hey, you know, um, um, Uncle uh, Gene, you are really good at rolling a six. You've just been doing that all game tonight. We're going to throw in the dice tower and hopefully a six doesn't pop out there. Um, who knows? Maybe Uncle D Gene has loaded dice. We'll talk about that in a second. That's the last piece here. But really, a dice tower is awesome because it's a fun way to engage. You can, you know, oh, I've got to roll. Dice towers can be used in every game, too. They look cool especially the wood ones. The wood ones are gorgeous. Like I said, go out to Wormwood or go out to Etsy. Take a look out there. They're made out of wood, plastic, or pressed paper. So for folks who have kids and you're like, you know, I don't want to buy something really awesome. My kids are going to destroy it. I say that all the time. Buy the pressed paper one. 
It's like 10 or $15. You can build it yourself. You can put it together. What happens if a piece of it starts breaking? Use some tape. I have one that's heavily taped right now. But my kids love it. We use it. We play all the time. Finally, dice bags. You need somewhere to put your dice. Dice bags is a place to put it. Obviously, some can be beautiful velvet. I have a nice leather one that actually has eyes and a teeth. So if you try to steal my dice, it may bite you. It hasn't really done that to anybody. But they do have dice bags, and it's a lot of fun that you can put your dice or your games in. What's great about dice games is you take a dice game and sometimes put an entire game in it. And we're going to talk about one. You can do that here in a minute. So, again, take a look if you're looking for those types of things. Again, gifts. It's the gift time. As well as we've got birthdays coming up, a dice tower or tray or even a really nice set of dice or a case for your dice is really cool. Now, the best place to find dice and dice games, obviously I've told you conventions. I've given you a site, a couple sites. Go to your board game store. And this week I am giving a huge shout out to Uncle's Games and Puzzles, and I'll probably be doing that a lot more. Awesome store, came in, gave me so much help, gave me so much information that I needed for this. Um, because there was a ton of information about dice. I will guarantee you, you, you could spend a lot of time learning about dice. But they came in, board game store. If you have a local one, go in, check it out. Dice games are not super expensive either. Now, there are some that are super expensive. But the one I got, great price point, less than 20 bucks. Really cool gift for someone, especially a board game person. Again, go out and look at other games like Catan has one or Uno or Seven Wonders all have dice games. And then finally, take a look at your last resort. Go to you know your, your Target, your Walmart, your Amazon. Find them out there. But please do support your local board game stores. Um Really, and what was interesting is I got corrected because I said in board games last week, look for the tables. They also said he also said, ask someone there for a demo. They did demo the dice game with me that I bought. It was so awesome. So again, those are the places where you can get them. So now let's talk about some reviews of games. I've been talking about a ton. And again, huge thanks to the folks over at Uncle's Games and Puzzles at Crossroads Mall in Redmond, Washington. Uh, there's an awesome movie theater over there, I think, still. I hope. It's where I saw all the Lord of the Rings movies. That's how long I've been going to this game store. But they suggested a lot of games. And as I started looking through and I started thinking about the folks I wanted to play with, I was looking for them being a little faster pace and I could play with a few extra people. And it was something that my eight-year-old could play or I could go see one of my older neighbors and go over to their house and say, hey, let's play a dice game. It'll be fun. Hopefully they're not fundamental Baptist or they don't kick me out for some horrible reason. We're not gambling. Unless they want to play for some candy canes, that'd be awesome. Again, shout out to uncles. But Age of War by Fantasy Flight Games is a fantastic game. And I'm just going to read with their byline. Age of War is a fast-paced dice game for two to six players designed by... I apologize, Reiner. Reiner, I hope you're Reiner. Reiner Knizia. Or Knizia. I don't even know how to say it. K-N-I-Z-I-A. Sorry. And it is set among warring states of feudal Japan. And in a game, you and your fellow players take on the roles of rival, rival daimyos, D-A-M-Y-O-S, Y-O-S, attempting to unite the Japanese clans by mustering your troops and conquering castles. Again, awesome game. 15 to 30 minutes a game. We've actually played several that have been under the 15, around the over 10, though. Two to six players. It says it's 14 and plus. My eight-year-old played it with no issues. I bet she could have done it when he was six. Symbols, cards, easy. Very engaging game. I love this game. This is my 
one of my favorite games I've bought in a while. And I know I keep saying that, but I mean, every game might actually cover that. But this is a amazing game. It was a game that I want to be able to take when we go on a trip soon. I want to be able to say, hey, you know, instead of like sitting in front of the TV, let's let's play a game. Of course, uh, and I'm going to pick up my wife. She takes Uno. She loves herself some Uno. But I wanted a game that my kids will be like, all right, maybe we're at a food court. Boom. Fire out Age of War. Let's play. It fits into a, a sandwich baggie. It's fantastic. Um, I learned how to play in five minutes. I played against myself. I won twice. I lost twice. Um, you know, it was, it was fun. Um, but really, again, perfect game, compact, great features. I don't want to give you all the gameplay because I don't want to ruin it. Take a look at it, though. Go to your game store. Take a look at it. The next game is a game that's on my wish list. And the, the main part of this is the content of the dice game. It is a very cool dice game. It is called Dice Masters from WizKid Games. Now, per the WizKid site, and I apologize, this is their site, not me. I'm not endorsing it this way, but this is it. What is Dice Masters? Dice Masters is a smash hit cross-brand offering utilizing WizKid's proprietary dice-building game platform where players collect and assemble their team of character dice and battle and head-to-head gameplay. So this is you playing against one other play- person. Now, when I get down to it, I'm going to talk about how you play, and then I'll give you the reason why this this looks really cool. In Dice Masters, two players take the role of the mastermind directing the actions of a team of powerful supers represented by dice. Each are going to battle each other, and you're eventually trying to get the health of the other mastermind to zero. So while you're doing this, you're going to roll your dice. You see what resources you have available, what team members you can send to help protect you or maybe attack your your other mastermind and you know eventually you want to get the other person to zero so it is a game that has some dice has some math it's you know and i love games with math attached to them dice are wonderful the really cool thing about this are the different versions of the game and i'm going to go through each one of the big ones they have dc comics dice masters you want to play batman dice master you could be batman fighting, I don't know, you could be Batman and the Joker fighting somebody. There are 10 versions of the D from the DC universe. Dungeons and Dragons Dice Masters. There are six versions. The Marvel Dice Masters has 19 versions. So if you ever want to have Deadpool and Captain America going against Wolverine and Black Widow, there you go. You could actually do that. And then the TMNT, for everyone who knows TMNT, it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or Heroes in a Half Shell, Turtle Power. All right, you have to do that. Now that you know TMNT, and if you want to mess with your kids, go kids. You know, I was just checking out some TMNT the other day. They'll be like, what? You know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Make them feel bad. Um, probably not. They'll just look at you funny like mine do. But then Warhammer 40,000. They have three versions of Warhammer 40,000. And then you, Geek. Oh, sorry. Uh, that is a dated, dated hook reference. But Yu-Gi-Oh has a version of Dice Master. So I'm, I was surprised I didn't see uh, an, another other car, bigger card game out there. I'm not going to say who they are. But what's really kind of cool about this is if you want to play superheroes versus villains, or you could play superheroes and villains against superheroes and villains, or like in the DC side, you could be the Legion of Doom versus the Super Friends from back in the 1970s. You could do this. You could mix people up. Again, you could have, you know... Like I said earlier, you have Deadpool and Captain America versus 
anybody on the other side. All right. Really cool hero level game. If you're not into heroes, you may not enjoy this. The superhero culture or one of those different versions. Take a look at it, though, because I bet you you know somebody who's 10 to 16 that might actually enjoy it. Or, like myself, I have a very good friend that I almost bought this for um, who considers herself an Asgardian. You know who you are. And this would be a great game for her because it is something that she could play and she can be Thor. Plus Thor. Uh, really, really cool game around that superhero culture. Now, the final game, and I have enough time to talk about this one because this was the game when I was doing research. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I need a third game. I need to find something. Uh, I want something cool or something I've never heard of. And, you know, I thought, hmm. I'm going to look outside the United States, outside of the, the North American culture. And I found a game called Shut the Box. Now, if you've ever heard of Shut the Box, good for you. You got one on us. The rest of us, we should be learning it. We should be playing it. It is easy to play. Uh, and the best part about Shut the Box is it has unconfirmed history. I love it. It could have been on the front of the you know um, National Enquirer. Who created Shut the Box? But the unconfirmed history suggests a variety of origins. I love this. This is on Wikipedia again. Including 12th century Normandy, or northern France, as well as the mid-20th century Channel Islands of Jersey and Guernsey, all thanks to a man known as Mr. Chalky Towbridge. And the Chalky has the quotes around it. Uh, it's fantastic. This game, it's probably created around the 12th century, I would give it, because... It is so simple. It is easy. It is fun. Um, there is printed evidence of Shut the Box being played in Manchester pubs over in the UK in the mid-1960s, which is awesome, too. It's a pub game. Hoo-ha. Now, what's really cool is, is Shut the Box actually created TV game shows. So if you're around in the 19th, from 1974 to 1980, you may have seen a game called High Rollers out there. This was based off of Shut the Box. Now, what's really awesome about this is the host of High Rollers was one and only Mr. Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. So what's really cool about it is I just kind of think of not my, you know, seeing Alex now and watching on TV and going, hmm, he was doing High Rollers, which it seems like a pub game, which is kind of like, woo-ha, fun game. I, I got, I would just, it cracks me up to even think about that. Additionally, and I have to, and anytime I get a chance to mention this man's name, I have to, but also it was hosted by Wink Martindale. Anybody can go by Wink for his entire career is a hero to me. Um, but there are also, you know, versions of this game that have been played in Zambia, Central Africa. It is, you know, all it's in Thailand, again, covering the world in dice games. You never know it without, I just, you know, just blew my mind. Um, what's interesting is it has a cool set of names, including... When Blitz, Baccarat, not the James Bond one, B-A-K-A-R-A-T, not B-A-C-H. But I have to believe that as much as the James Bond sits in the pub and drinks so much, he's played a game of Shut the Box. All right. Canoga, Clackers, Batten Down the Hatches, Kingo Ball, Trick Track, Cutthroat, Fork Your Neighbor, and Jackpot. Those are some of the cool names. Now, literally, Shut the Box. Who knew? I'm actually, I've, I've started working on a home version of it with some cardboard and post-it notes because uh, when you talk about it, and I'm going to give you kind of the how you play it, but it, you know, there are variations where there are 10 tiles numbered one to nine. I think that's nine, 10 tiles, right? 
Right. <laughs> Anywho, there are 10 tiles, one to nine. And you basically have the ability to roll the dice and you're going to roll three dice. And what you're going to try to do is fill in those. So, you know, when you run and you roll and I'll give you an example of it, but at this, you know, really what in the pub game is people will come in, they put some money into the box. You could put candy in the box. You could put your decisions for your next vacation in the box, play against your, your special person in your life. Or if your kids want to, uh, you want to play a game and just kind of get them moving, put that in the box or just create the proverbial box. Um, but you have, basically you keep all these tiles, one numbered one to nine open. And as you roll your dice and they usually would roll the dice in the box, but you have to roll them in. If the sum of the remaining tiles is six or lower, the player may only roll one dice. Otherwise they get to roll two. So after throwing, you know, their dice, you know, they go up and they, and and I have to read this after throwing the player adds up the pips dots on the dice and then shuts closes or covers one of any combination of numbers that equals the total of the dots showing on the dice. So I roll my two dice. I get an eight. I can cover up the eight. I can cover up the seven or one, the six or two, the five or three, the five and the two and the one or the four, the three and the one. So I can cover up those piece. I keep rolling my dice, hoping to shut more of those numbers down. And I do that until I can't shut any more numbers. Now, at, at this point, if you shut them all, you win. If you haven't, you then add up the score. So let's say I have the two, the three, and the five left. My score is a 10. Then the next person goes. Whoever has the lowest score wins. So awesome, quick, quick, quick game except for if you're in a pub. In a pub, they say it could take up to 30 minutes. Now, any drinking game can take up to about 30 minutes, which is crazy. Um, but this is something where it was a gambling game. Someone would say, oh, give me the box with the dice in it. And throw your money in there, and you throw your dice. Um, there are also, like in all very cool games, 17 different common variations, like you know, Bridge has them, Hearts has them, Spades, all those kind of card games have them. Um, but two to four people can play this. They say it averages about 30 minutes a game. I'm thinking that's about on the four people. And age is eight plus. But I'm going to tell you, five and six-year-olds can figure this out, teach basic math. Really cool in that case. Now, don't drink with your five or six-year-old. You may drink. Let them have their juice box, etc. Now, this is my take on this. Why do I not play this game? Why don't I use this game to solve arguments and keep the peace in every part of my life? This would be a great game to have at work. And you say, you know what? We're going to go one of two ways here. We've developed it. We think they're both going to be great ways. Oh, look, let's fire up the shut the box and see who wins. Uh, it is definitely a way the next time my wife and I are trying to figure out something, as well as a proverbial question, hey, where do you want to go eat? Boom, shut the box. It's probably going to take us like five or ten minutes to play. So very easy. Make decisions. This is an age-old game. If you're listening in the UK or Europe, or even Zambia, you probably know about this. You're going, seriously, dude, why are you talking about Shut the Box? I played Shut the Box two nights ago. Great. 140 bucks or 40 quid. Um, but this is a fantastic game. Again, you can use post-it notes. You could use dominoes. You could use a piece of paper. You can also buy very intricate little boards that have the, the you can shut the, the little spaces for them. Awesome, awesome game. Take a look at it. Build your own. Another great gift idea. So really awesome. Again, three really cool games. Age of War, really, really awesome. 
definitely play it quickly. A lot of fun. You have Dice Masters, which if you love heroes or villains, Dice Masters game. And Shut the Box. Again, another one of those. It's almost like a party game. And I know most people, if you open their game door, they have chess, checkers, backgammon, you know, Uno. This sits there right in my book of Uno. If you like Yahtzee, you're going to love Shut the Box, um, which we will be playing with my, uh, hopefully my in-laws, who I'm telling you, these people love some Yahtzee. They're going to love some Shut the Box. Uh, again, three really great games. Who knew about dice? And one last roll of the dice as we go forward. Next week, we're going to talk about card games. Card games in general. And I'm talking not just your, you know, we're not going to be playing poker or bridge. We're going to be talking about some magic. We're going to be going into Pokemon. We're going to hit all the card games. We probably still will talk about bridge, though, because it's my grandmother's favorite. Anywho. Have a great holiday. If I don't get this out right before the holiday, I'm going to try to. If not, again, three great gift ideas right there. And if you don't want to play those games, go get yourself a dreidel. You can get it at most retailers and play some dreidel. Have a great one.